Hello, and welcome to Fly Over the Groove, the Michelle Brangwen Dance Ensembles podcast. I'm Michelle Brangwen. Thank you for listening. If you're not familiar with the Michelle Brangwen Dance Ensemble, a brief word about our work. We are a multidisciplinary performing ensemble of contemporary dance to live original music. In 18 years, every performance has included live music and the musicians as integral parts of the visual stage imagery. We believe that the artist's role in society is to communicate, to challenge, to open a dialogue that can both unite us and inspire meaningful change. We function like a jazz band, and along with sections of choreographed movements and written music, we use improvisation that comes out of the form, concept, and emotional life of the work. We are based in New York City and Houston. This episode is entitled, What Will You Do When You Feel Their Absence? And its content comes from our arts and activism blog. In making these podcasts, our ultimate goal is to give you a sample of essays about projects, both past and present, interviews, information about upcoming performances and projects. This particular essay is from our Arts and Activism blog, and it deals with a performance work of ours called What Will You Do When You Feel Their Absence? This work is about how we are all connected, um, and it also touches on that connectivity as it relates to what the ramifications are of our current U.S. immigration policy. The work premiered in August of 2017 at the Midtown Arts and Theater Center Houston, also known as The Match, in the Dance Theater. Um, and it received its New York premiere at the Mark Morris Dance Center in Brooklyn, New York, uh, in May of 2018. If you're interested in the work, you can see excerpts from it at our upcoming performance at The Match in Houston on Saturday, August 8th at uh, 8 p.m. And uh, you can also see the work in its entirety in an upcoming performance at the Jazz Loft in Stony Brook, Long Island. If you want more information on upcoming performances or you'd like to sign our mailing list, you can do so at brangwindance.org. And so now, what will you do when you feel their absence? It was drummer Joe Hertenstein, who is a great friend and an amazing drummer who works with us and his own quartet and the Tim Hagen's quartet, who told me about a flyer that he had seen spread out all over a bar in Brooklyn in February of 2017. The flyer contained advice for undocumented immigrants and their families from the Legal Aid Society of New York. Joe found the words chilling because 
the situations it discussed conjured events in his own country of Germany's history. I asked if he had a copy of it, and he produced a picture of the flyer. And I knew immediately upon reading it that this had to become part of a performance work. I felt that parts of this text conveyed in the right way could reveal something very telling about current U.S. immigration policies. The playwright Arthur Miller was once asked in reference to his play The Crucible, which was about the Salem witch trials, why did he think that people started denouncing and demonizing their neighbors? And he said they experienced a breaking of charity with each other. My concept for what will you do when you feel their absence was to create a narrative arc that would take the audience on a journey that was both universal and relatable to everyone, and at the same time specific to current issues involving U.S. immigration policy. You know, I wanted people to come to the theater and feel the work, see the work, be together. Um, If I could convey all that this journey would communicate in the performance work with an essay or a blog or a podcast, um, there would, of course, be no need to create the work. Um, So I've been very hesitant to write an introduction. Um, I really do think that the abstract forms of dance and music can illuminate certain ideas with an emotional clarity that words cannot always achieve. Issues and rhetoric can be cluttered and complex, um, as we see from the news and from all the information that we get, but our collective humanity, which I think is very much triggered by art, um, not so much. Um, I think it can be much simpler. I think that art can enable us to relate to each other in meaningful ways and can bring us into our own best selves. At the time of creating uh, What Will You Do When You Feel Their Absence uh, in the spring of 2017, when I thought about how my own life and my work were so vitally intertwined with people who were not born in this country, the injustice of our immigration policies was overwhelming to me. And this, of course, was long before we would hear news of children being separated from their parents at the border. I also have to say that um, I thought that I was well-read and well-informed, but the journey in making this work and in reading and researching, um, you know, revealed many things that I did not know or understand uh, prior um, to beginning to work on on this particular performance work. Um, I I also saw in the reasoning put forth to justify these policies, the very same arguments and scapegoating used to bolster the rise of fascism in Europe in the beginning of the last century. Just a brief word in case people listening might not be aware, um, 
the treatment of undocumented immigrants coming into the United States has changed dramatically over the years. It has devolved with people being prosecuted like criminals for what is really a civil or administrative offense. We see people seeking asylum under U.S. law being sent to detention centers, sometimes for very long periods of time. There are people who have committed no criminal act, who are placed in shackles and an orange jumpsuit as if they are violent felons, and sometimes incarcerated with violent felons. The U.S. has been allowing companies like Libra by Nexus to function as loan sharks, extorting the rental of expensive GPS monitors for hundreds of dollars every month. And by extorting, I mean these are monitors that could be rented for $3. That's their value. Um, and this is from people that sometimes don't understand the contract they're signing and people who barely have money to buy food. There has been a closing of many legal pathways used by people of previous generations. And all this goes to a certain kind of mindset of dehumanization and profiteering with regard to the treatment of people from other countries. And this has been brewing for some time. And the recent crackdown in many ways has served to shed light on something that's been developing over the past years. I wanted to be sensitive with regard to the perspective of the performance work we were creating. And by that I mean that the truth that I can tell is only one from my own perspective. I'm not in danger of being deported. I'm not in danger of being racially profiled. I did not want to frame the work as if I could speak from a perspective that was not mine. As a citizen of the world, however, I experience outraged and I am very much harmed when the fabric of our society is torn apart by a systemic dehumanization of people, which is what this is. Um, and this is the point of what will you do when you feel their absence. We are all connected, sometimes in ways in which we may not be aware. And this is why the work begins and ends with a reference to Hemingway's For Whom the Bell Tolls. One of the most important novels, I feel, of the 20th century, the story is set among the resistance to fascism during the Spanish Civil War. I also researched and spoke to many people, adding texts that came from actual stories. The texts are very short, very, very short, and provide just enough to be a window into the dance and the music that follows. And of course, I used some small excerpts from the Legal Aid Flyer. Um, composer Thomas Helton and I worked slowly and in sections. Thomas and I have been working together since 2003, um, so we have a very great back and forth um, exchange when we create together. Um, we took these small pieces of text and movement and we developed them. And as in all of our works, there's choreography and written material, as well as sections where improvisation plays an important role in contributing to the 
energy and the emotional peaks in the work. Both Thomas and I knew that we wanted the addition of voice to the orchestration, but we wanted to use it in a less literal way than having um, our vocalist Danielle Reich Seal sing the text. Um, the various short texts were recorded as spoken word by different performers, and Danielle's voice soared over the musical uh, sections without specific words. Um, as if the embodiment of our collective human consciousness. In exploring the current climate, I felt we also had to explore um, the ideal of uh, immigration and this melting pot that is the U.S. and what it has meant um, historically. You know, I think stories are best told with the range of emotion that can permeate all human interaction. Um, the Great Lady text came from author and filmmaker Peter Joseph. It's filled with sweetness and humor, and it's narrated with a voice that could be any and all accents. Um, it's kind of reminiscent of the mysterious character um, in the movie uh, Broken Flowers, created by Jeffrey Wright. Um, it's it's unplaceable. Um, and we felt that that sort of added to the universality. Um, it doesn't matter uh, where you come from. It, it doesn't matter the country of origin. Um, it matters who you are and how you feel. Um, I remember um, as a child, uh, the awe and delight I experienced being taken to see the Statue of Liberty. Uh, I had a small statue from the gift shop that I used to hold and examine every night before bed. And um, I loved that color, which is, you know, undefinable. So for the costumes in the piece, I worked with a palette of colors that reminded me of the Statue of Liberty. And the varying shades of blue-green that, of course, change as the natural light shifts over the actual statue in her home in New York Harbor. Visiting the Statue of Liberty as an adult, I read the letters that people had written to the museum at the base during the restoration project. Her significance to so many people is profound, and it isn't a casual sentiment. I think the Statue of Liberty is ingrained in our collective psyche with her beacon of welcome and shelter. And, you know, to make a travesty and mock that idea is a powerful affront against all of us. I, ironically, while I was working on what will you do when you feel their absence, I was on a train in New York and a very small girl was jumping up and down, overcome with excitement at the prospect of seeing the Statue of Liberty. She was from California and her aunt told me that she wanted nothing more than to come to New York and see the statue. And I explained to them that I had felt that way as a child as well. And now, just recently, Therese Okumu climbed up the statue as a protest against family separation. And poetically, she took refuge from her climb under the lady's sandal, the sole of her foot touching the sole of Lady Liberty. After premiering What Will You Do When You Feel Their Absence, I attended an immigration forum at New York Live Arts in February of 2018. Two women who were immigration escorts began crying when talking about the correlation between 
what they were witnessing trying to help detainees and the stories that their own grandparents had told them about fleeing the Nazis. Ravi Rogbeer of the New Sanctuary Coalition, who had been uh, recently arrested and only recently released, spoke about the targeting of immigration activists with detention that was currently going on. Um, he also brought up the idea that this mentality of arbitrarily criminalizing behavior and detaining people was one that would escalate. In conclusion, I'd like to say um, that the abstractness of what will you do when you feel their absence allows it to be interpreted on multiple levels, and that's really what we were aiming for. Um, you know, our performance work is ultimately an exploration of how we are profoundly connected to each other. And the work seeks to illustrate the energy, solidarity, and defiance that we can create when we honor that connectedness. Each time we come together to perform the work, we become a conduit into the human mind and heart in search of better understanding. Thank you for listening. As a reminder, if you're interested in seeing what will you do when you feel their absence, you can see excerpts on our upcoming performance at The Match in Houston, Texas on Saturday, August 18th at 8 p.m. And you can also see the work in its entirety um, on Friday, November 9th at the wonderful Jazz Loft which is located in Stony Brook, Long Island, New York. If you'd like to get information about more upcoming performances, we also are pleased to announce the return of our internet television series that features new dance, music, and film from multiple cities called Artcast. We'll be returning this fall for season three. So if you'd like more information on our work, please visit brengwindance.org. I'm Michelle Brangwin. Thank you for listening.